That I have no clue for. to talk me into the podcast where two friends Uh-oh. try to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This week, we continue our Star Trek miniseries and we're talking about Star Trek Picard. My name is Jeff and White Castle Surf and Turf is culinary perfection. My name is Dan and I've driven over 200 miles trying to try the new White Castle special burger to no avail. <laughs> Did you just come up with that because of what I said, or did you have that written down? You were literally saying your fun fact, and I was like, I did not even look at fun facts, so I'm going to have to think of one on the spot. And then wow. you said White Castle, and I was like, you that's are, the thing. Dude, okay, we have not recorded in a long time. This fun fact I wrote down two months ago when you and I went to White Castle on a whim, like our glory days of our youth when we were still also not in good shape. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the, the White Castle surf and turf. So first of all, White Castle, absolutely disgusting trash fast food that I love. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. It's pure nostalgia. Yeah. It, it's, it's gross, but I love it. And they're just far enough away to where if I want to go, it's either because you're in the area with a White Castle or you have to plan to go there. And so, then half the fun is the trip and like the camaraderie and the friendship. Yeah, so a couple months ago, I had nothing to do for the first time in, like, two years, um, you know, because baby and house and COVID and stuff. Yeah. And I was like, Dan, do you want to go to White Castle tomorrow? I think we even planned it a day in advance, so we're not even, like, our old school on a whim. Like, you know, we're in our 20s. And mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, sure. So so we go, and I order my stuff. He orders his, and what he was alluding to was... I guess we'll get into that in a second, but um, we can combine these I two, ordered, Jeff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, what did you want to order? Because you were looking up on their website, like if they had any special burgers. Yeah, so they have a special. I'm going to pull it up right now to confirm, but I believe it's called the 1911 burger, which commemorates. Uh, ni- I think it's the 1921 or 22, which makes sense. That would make that's more the sense year that we're in. Yes, yeah. So it was to commemorate the anniversary of their like original. Um, slider and how it was made so yeah I saw that it was supposedly available and yeah it's the 1921 slider and it's basically like the same slider except it's got better cheese it's got uh, lettuce tomato pickles Um, yeah it's just like more of I would say like a pub style slider than the traditional white castle which is just like the little steamed patty with the onions and pickles and ketchup and we got there we went to which one did we go to, Jeff? Yonkers? Nan Nanuet, New oh, yeah. York. No. That's right. So we went to Nanuet and they did not have it. They appeared to not even know what it was. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> that's the funniest part. Not only were they like, no, we don't have that, they were like, Why do people keep asking for this? <laughs> like they had no idea it was even a thing. Yeah. And if I worked at a place and somebody asked, like if two people asked, I'd be like, Let me Google it. I'm just curious what yeah. this is. Um, but multiple people had no idea um, what it even was. And 
I ordered, usually what I get is, you know, and now with inflation to things like three or four dollars, definitely not worth the money, but it's a surf and turf. It's their regular patty with a fish sandwich. And it's just a big old pile of gloop um, just between like two buns. I think they have a piece of bread in the middle too. And what makes this even funnier is that whoever made this clearly just did not give a shit at all and just jammed it into this box. So Mm -hmm. I literally pulled out a ball of mush all wadded up and Dan was just disgusted by it. And I loved every single bite. Like the first bite I took, I was like, yes, this is why I came here. And then the second bite I took is I was like, I just drove an hour and a half each way to eat this. Why did I do this? So for me, like White Castle, the traditional White Castle slider can best be summed up as like a grease sponge. So whenever you start getting into like the doubles or the surf and turf, you're not really changing that. You're just making the grease sponge bigger. So this thing that you were holding was like the size of your fist. And it was just like the consistency of the slime from old school Nickelodeon TV shows. (laughs) Well, it's the the actual fish patty is like. It's it's deep fried pretty well. It's pretty crispy for like your first bite or two. Yeah, and I was going to say just a soggy, disgusting, cold. Yeah, uh, the cheese gets gelatin. It's just a, it's just an absolute mess. And that was like one of six burgers that I ordered. Um, yeah, and, I think know. when it comes to White Castle, like smaller is better. Like uh, eat many, just basic single yeah. patties. That's the way. And, to go. and I got I got large because I wanted a large drink, but it also came with a large fry. This was the most amount of fries I've ever seen at a fast food place ever. <laughs> this was like movie theater, extra large popcorn size of fries. I was like, this is unnecessary. I have to um, say, like, when White Castle fries are good, like when they're fresh out of the fryer, they're some of my favorite fast food fries. But that doesn't happen frequently. A lot of times it, they taste like they've well, no, been sitting there all day. And they give you so much. Like, these fries that I had this time, they were good. But by the time you get, like... A quarter of the way through, they're just soggy from all the steam in the bag. Yeah. And then, so, like, this fun fact was a couple months old. And then a couple weeks later, I see you're back at the castle, dude. The crave's hitting hard. So this is what happened. I went with you, and that was the first time in literal years that I'd had White Castle. And when I did it. Two years for me. when When I did it and I came home. All these people in my family came out of the woodwork like, oh, I've never had White Castle or, oh, I miss White Castle. That sounds good. So very quickly, we were like, oh, we should go to White Castle sometime. So that's what we did. Um, But this time, because I was still on this quest for the 1921 slider, I was like, I'm not going back to Nanuit, which is our usual spot. I want to try another one that claims to have it. So I went to Yonkers, which have you been to that location, Jeff? I have not been to that White Castle, no. It's a little bit further than Nanuit, but not by much. Yeah, it's like a few miles further from us, but it's not as good. Uh, like, the food was the same, but it's literally, yeah. like, more of, like, a walk-up stand. It's tiny. You go in there, there's, like, two tables. That's it. And uh, right. it was just crowded and loud and, like, I don't know. It was not good. And they also did not have the 1921 slider. They knew what it was. <laughs> They were told that they had received training on it, but they never received the supplies to make it. So I was like... Supply chain, am I right? Yeah, I was like, cool. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, because back back when Obama was the president, I went to a white castle in Kentucky, and I got an impossible burger, and I almost threw up after one bite. I don't know if it's because I was in Kentucky or because it was just... Dude, what is with woke, libtard culture forcing us to eat fake meat? Yeah, I I want my meat 
to have had a life that I took from it prematurely. I don't want it to be made in a peach tree dish. Right. You want to imagine the screams of the cow when you're eating the burger. Yeah. As she's separated from her young child. Shot in the head with a pneumatic piston. Are we are we talking about cows or families in America? Oh yeah, I forgot they're the same. Eat the rich, guys. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we're at the point of the podcast where you either love us or hate us. Either way, you can't blame us. You can if skip you it. Just her- if you just heard what we were just talking about, I think that the percentage of not like us is much higher yeah. than the percentage of like us. Either way, we're going to take a few minutes to talk about something small that Jeff and I have been talking ourselves into this week. Oh, before we get in there, we should probably just acknowledge, like, Jimmy's been super busy. He's taken a couple weeks off. Jeff and I are carrying the heavy load of Talk Me Into for the next couple episodes. But, uh, Jeff. I love, I love carrying heavy loads. He yes, does. Man. Yeah. Didn't you major in that in college? I took so many loads in college. You have yeah. no idea. Yeah, you're and I'm not talking about laundry. I'm just talking about just all yeah. every load that was thrown upon me. I just took like a champ. Yeah, you carried it. Um, so, Jeff, what are you talking yourself into this week? All right. Well, I have a few since it's been a while since we were. Oh, boy. But I'll pick one in in the theme of eating bad food that we used to love. Mm-hmm. I've been talking myself back into pork rinds. Ooh, love this for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Um, yeah. So I used to f with pork pork rinds hard chicharrones yeah. um, for people who call them that. Um, not I'm not talking about cracklins. That's a different story that we'll Correct. get into. But I'm just talking about the actual pork rinds in a bag that you can get in like any chip aisle in America. Um, Jeff, would you say that the easiest way to distinguish the difference between a cracklin and a pork rind is the inclusion of fat and meat? Yeah, I, I for sure. Um, the cracklins definitely have a lot more fat to them. I think that's the whole point. They're and like usually like a little bits. thin layer of meat as well. Yeah, for sure. And pork rinds are just like the the skin. And, you know, I used to F with them hard. But then Dan and I have talked about how we went to like butcher classes and used to go to these really good like high-end butcher shops all the time. When you have fresh pork rinds, when you pull the skin out of the hot oil and you just give it enough, just enough time so it doesn't scald your mouth. Mm-hmm. It is one of the most intense mouth feelings and flavor experiences you will have in your entire life. And it is incomparable. It, once you go, once you have like fresh pork rinds, cheat your owns, out of the oil, and you go back to like a dry, bagged pork rind it tastes like sawdust and you're like what am i even doing it's basically the equivalent of having like a fresh delicious ribeye steak hot off the grill versus a piece of beef jerky but not even beef jerky like the bad beef jerky that's like dried out and like a like a beef flavored dog treat exactly so this is this has been years i have i've had pork rinds but just you know, here and there, I would, but I'm, I'm going to the dollar store to get me some snackies for work. Got to load up on the desk snackies, you know? Yeah. And I'm, I'm so bored of chips. They're boring. I'm tired of them. And I was like, oh, they got these pork rinds uh, and they're sweet heat flavored. Let me get them. So I got them and they sat at my desk for like a couple weeks. I'm just like, eh, I'll get to them when I get to them. And then I was like, oh. These are these are kind of nice. I like this little flavor it's got going here. It's like a, you know, it's a 
barbecue, but spicy. And I effed up the whole bag. And I was like, these are a lot better than I remember. And I don't know. I don't even remember what brand it was. It wasn't like the Dollar General brand. It was just some other crappy brand. Yeah. So just kept every now and then I would, they ran out of sweet heat. I got barbecue. I got original. I was like, all these flavors are good. I even got the shitty dollar store kind. And I was like, these are pretty good. Yeah. And then I went to a seven 11 and they had chili lime flavored. And I was like, okay, yeah, now we're getting crazy. And I didn't even realize because I haven't been in the pork rind game for a while. I went to a Walmart. They have like a whole cap dedicated to pork rinds. And there are a lot of brands and a lot of flavors. I'll tell you what. So, so Jeff, I picked up a nu- yeah. Can I shed some light on this for you? I have a two-part comment. So okay, I for- wasn't done telling you the different flavors I got, but okay, we can go back to it because I'm excited. Okay. I want to I want to burst in here. First comment is I was literally going to tell you that don't sleep on the Seven Eleven brand pork rinds. The chili lime I've had it; they're surprisingly good. The yeah, major no, they pro- are. I was shocked. Yeah, and the major comment though is that. Big pork rind has really stepped up its game because <laughs> pork rinds are like a new food trend for people who are like keto or paleo because it's like a crunchy snack that you can eat that doesn't have carbs. Yeah, at my last job when I was going to food shows, I noticed that trend was starting. There was some like, you know, more hipster brands, but they were still kind of boring, just like plain or barbecue. Um, my like grocery I also store has some really delicious ones, but they're also super expensive. So I only buy them once in a while. Yeah. I got a salt and vinegar one. It was a little too vinegary, but I got this other brand. I think I forgot. It's called like max or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I got Nashville hot, which was, I thought it was going to be a lot spicier and it wasn't. So I'm kind of glad another chili lime, which I th- honestly think the Seven Eleven was better and ghost pepper. That one I have not opened yet, but I am very excited. Yeah, I didn't love um, the yeah, Max. Yeah, they're just like... I, it seemed like not, it was going to be yeah. good because it's in like a nice boutique packaging. It seems like pretty hipstery, but I wasn't really impressed with the crunch level. They were kind of stale tasting when I had them. Oh, really? I didn't notice that. They're crunchy and pillowy. There was another brand that had a Slim Jim flavored one, and I was like, that's going to be for next time. I can't <laughs> do all of this to myself right now. Um, but yeah, they're they're just a, a fun snack. Um, and go, going back to the Cracklins... I did get some cracklins and they're like seasoned great, but the the package ones just too hard. Yeah, they're just they hurt your teeth. You know, I have a crown now. I don't want to mess with that. Um, they're like biting into foam. Yeah, but like not like the the fatty parts kind of melt, and then you're just kind of like chewing on it and like sucking it till it's soft and then breaking <laughs> it apart. I don't know. Fresh cracklins. Yeah, I'll eat all goddamn day. Yeah, but you know. So this is this is my life, guys. I'm 36, and I eat White Castle and pork rinds. Just to Welcome follow up, Welcome to our Jeff. Star Trek miniseries. Just to yeah. follow up, how's the gout lately? Gout's fine. Okay. Uh, I have an other, another arthritis problem that's acting up that's unrelated oh to um, eating. It's an autoimmune thing, but we don't have to get into that. Getting um, old is very cool. Can't yeah. wait till my 40s and beyond. Sure. Dan. Yeah. How are you hurting yourself this week? <laughs> I'm helping myself emotionally. Um, oh. We, so, so this is kind of a trend that we've talked about in the past. Oh, which you, oh no. No, I'm not doing that, Jeff. Don't worry. Okay. Okay. Uh, okay. No, we've talked about, if you listen to the beginning of this show, you hear a quote of me saying, down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. So yeah. even though we haven't recorded for a few weeks, this is a relatively new one for me. I'd say within like the last four or five days. I've been giving in to what some would consider a guilty pleasure. Jeff, I've been talking myself into Lizzo. 
So oh, in a minute, I get a sentimental, yeah. need a man or woman to pump me up. Yeah. In my bussy yussies. And why men bad till they gotta be, whatever it is. Why men great till they gotta be great. It's like, you know, yeah. viral uh, hip-hop, R&B, singer, yeah. rapper. Yeah. Um, say what you want about Lizzo, but she's she's super fun. She's she writes catchy music. She's a really talented musician and uh Oh yeah, I, she like I think she went to Juilliard, I wanna say she went somewhere very well known for music. Yeah, I think she went to not Juilliard, but the um the place in Boston. I can't remember, but uh, yeah, she's a flautist. Yes, she is. And uh I just like her whole vibe. She's got a fun attitude. She's all about like sex positivity, like no hang ups and she writes catchy, hooky songs that I hear on TikTok all the time, and then I'm like, you know what? Why am I fighting this? I was in the car the other day, and I'm like, Spotify, Lizzo. I knew two of the songs. <laughs> it's not like I'm yeah, a no, huge fan, but she's fun, and I, I'm you know, down with guilty pleasures, up with pleasure pleasures. When that first song she had came out a few years ago, my wife... I uh, was listening to some of her albums and she's got she's got some rippers, some bangers. Yeah. Some pretty uh, clever lyrics as well. I'm a huge fan of puns, uh, which, you know, a lot of rappers are great at. Yes. Um, Lizzo's pretty good. Yeah. And plus someone that we went to high school with, actually, maybe not you because he was younger than me, works as part of her like touring. Like he's like her tour manager. And I was like, cool. Maybe I can like whenever whenever I hear people that went to Naugatuck High School making it, I get really sad. Well, plus um, this this kid <laughs> and by making it, my definition of making it is like leaving this county or this state and doing literally anything. That's making it to me. Yeah. Plus, um, this kid was in a very bad emo band when we were in high school and we were older than him. So my friends used to like poke fun at his friends and like make jokes at their expense. And now, uh, he lives in LA and works in the music industry and doesn't have to sit at a desk. So screw me, I guess. What was the name of the band? His emo band? Yeah. Oh, God. It was something really cheesy. Like, I want to say... Yeah, like that's why I want to know it. I can't remember, but it was it was like... Was it, for, <laughs> it was like one of those three-word band names. Remember, everyone had, like, a three-word band name? Yeah. Like, what Further about Seems Love Forever. Yeah, it was like that type of vibe. <laughs> I can't remember, but it was one of those, definitely for sure, like, Further Seems Forever or Long Lost Friends or some shit like that. Oh, that's sad. Yeah, so he... Uh, yeah, good on him. He was in Celebrity Dating Game and won and got to go on a date with um, that Australian Iggy Azalea. That's a real thing that happened, Jeff. A kid that we made fun of in high school, maybe not you, but me and some of my other friends made fun of in high school, got to go on a date with Iggy Azalea. Well, maybe not got to, but was contractually obligated to go on a date with Iggy Azalea. <laughs> And, uh, yeah, he's Lizzo's tour manager. So, listen to Lizzo, folks. <laughs> Star Trek! Star Trek Picard! Named after one guy that's in the show. Jeff. We are recording yeah. remotely, and I didn't hear any of that except for stuh, because 
Discord thought the rest of it was just noise, and it was. Well, I, I will tell you what. You are in for a delicious little treat when you listen to this oh, in a couple can't weeks. can't wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. Wow. Yeah, Star Trek Picard. Um, we are continuing Star Trek month and I, this, this whole series that we're doing was planned poorly. (laughs) We were just like, let's do this and let's do this and let's do it in this order and not in any order rather than just be like, we're going to go in chronological order and touch on everything. Jeff, people Um, don't care. This people don't care. People don't care at all. No. So we're talking about Star Trek Picard, which, uh, Jean-Luc Picard, if you're unaware, was from uh, Star Trek, the next generation, Yes. which we did not talk about on this show. No. Um, what, let's start with that, Dan. What's your exposure to Star Trek, the next generation? Very casual. Um, I have certainly seen more than a handful of episodes, um, but I have never sat down and watched them in any sort of chronological order. So okay. I know yeah. I know characters. I know overarching plot ideas. I know style. Uh, but no, I can't sit down there and like quote you like segments of plot. How about you? I'm I'm pretty similar. I've seen a couple seasons of it. Mm-hmm. Um, what up beat a couple of seasons. Hmm. Um, but like when I was a child, cause this is the first new star Trek that came out after I was born a few years. So like growing up, this was always like on TV, yes. you know, the reruns are playing on, you know, um, so Shout it was just out. on. It, I, I want to make a mention since Jimmy's not here to join us. I feel like we should shout out, um, five star Sean, Jimmy's dad, who, exposed me to star trek this show was always on at his house he was playing star trek games on his old pc and he had a tv remote control that was shaped like a star trek next generation phaser which was very cool very cool yeah so so i have seen some of it in like the last decade like you said i i haven't finished it it's something that i do want to finish mm-hmm. um the first star trek movie i saw i've said before was star trek nemesis because i saw it in theaters with a friend who was a trekkie mm-hmm. um so yeah i don't know too much about it so going into this i was like i feel like i know enough about picard and where he was um last i saw him yeah to understand this and i'm sure that you know having been 20 years since the last time he's been in anything star trek um it'll also be a jumping on point for people because you know you need new fans in right. order for something to be successful um so i was i was looking forward to this um as something that i can uh get into easily and i haven't finished season two yet season two recently finished but but yeah, I enjoy the show. Um, I know that a lot of people like it and a lot of people don't like it. I try to look at both sides of it when I'm online to try to get like a picture of, you know, if I were like a diehard Next Generation fan, would I feel the same way? But overall, I think the show is good. I think it holds its own. And I wanted you to watch it because for some reason you have Paramount Plus and you don't watch any of the Star <laughs> Trek shows. Prior to this. Uh, so, prior to this, yeah. So... Yeah, I, I'm, I'm so excited to. Uh, talk I have about not it. seen any of the Picard stuff. However, there was a big marketing campaign. I'd say before both of these seasons, that definitely like put Picard in front of me. Like I remember seeing ads, and um, even in like like I still read a few comic books regularly. Like I pick up like one to two comics a week, and there was a big marketing push even in like print for season two of Picard. So it's certainly something that I'm aware of. It seems like it's up my alley. Like I like Picard. I like that. He's like a more thoughtful captain and uh, more of a diplomat and a strategist. And uh, 
So it was always one of those things that felt like a blind spot in my nerddom. Like, why haven't I watching, watched more of Next Generation and why aren't I watching Picard? Um, it seems to be pretty popular amongst the fan base. So when you suggested doing this episode, I was like all in. This is what this podcast is for, making me watch things that I already wanted to watch. <laughs> and I mean, they they they're going full forward with it before the first season even came out. They renewed it for a second and a third. Right. Um, and, you know, Patrick Stewart's 81 years old. So that might have been the smart thing to do. You know, do it now rather than later. But it did come out. The first season did come out. Um before COVID started. Mm. Um, and it was almost two years before the second season came out because of that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm only going to have you watch one episode, something quick and easy to, um, I was actually going to have you watch two because you get to see some more characters, but, uh, you know, life is we, busy. We have lives. Yeah. Yeah. This is a podcast. Who cares? We don't make money from it. We're you're lucky. We're even doing this at all. Well, plus I would say like, based on the <laughs> other things we've watched Sorry. in this Star Trek Paramount Plus universe. It feels like they do a really good job of setting what the show's going to be, like laying everything out in the first episode. That's like they're doing a true. Yeah, I would. Um, oh, damn it. I always forget words that are important. What do they call the first episode, Jeff? Pilot. Yes. They're doing true pilots that are like, here's the world, here's the characters, here's the plot, and here's the tone. And if you like it, stick with it. And if you don't, it's probably not for you. All right, well, let's let's talk about the episode now. Okay, so we have okay. watched the first episode of Picard. You've watched a lot of episodes of Picard, but I think based on some yes. Snapchats you sent me, you recently rewatched episode one, correct? Well, I rewatched episode one for this recording. Right, that's you know, what I mean. It's been two years since I've seen it. I wanted to make sure I had everything lined up because there's stuff that happens in the next episode I kind of thought might have happened in this one, but it doesn't. So, so we are um, we're only spoiling. going to spoil... Yeah. The first episode, right? Remembrance, which came out January twenty third uh, in the year twenty twenty, which uh, was going to be a good year at that point. Twenty <laughs> twenty, <laughs> so, um, it was a very good year. Oh wait, it wasn't. So Jeff, yes, this episode has a cold open of a nice looking couple. Um, a female and a male. I'm not sure what uh, species the male is, but they appear to be on a date. They're like snugly on the couch drinking some wine, and all of a sudden these attackers appear, right? Yeah, and they're in Boston. Yeah. They're in a futuristic bean town. Right. And uh, there there are some assassins that come in. And they're, they, they're trying. They, they're trying to have the girl activate, or they're saying like, why or are they she trying activated? to prevent her from activating before they can capture right. her? So, so be, they're like, what? What the frig is going on? Yeah, they quickly dispose. They throw a knife right through her boyfriend's chest, and then it's all about like trying to contain her before she activates. Unfortunately for them, she activates, which means she beats the shit out of all of them while blindfolded. And, yes, uh, but I mean, this was this the cold open or did the poker scene come first? Your I thought right. it started with the poker scene. Yes, yeah, like you skipped over a very very great opening. Um, it was great. I so, just yeah. they went back to the poker scene and that's where I thought it happened. But you were right. It opens with Captain Jean Luc Picard, who I guess is an admiral at this point. Um, yes, playing a game of poker with Data. Um, who, if you're not familiar, he's the synthetic humanoid that was part of the Enterprise Command. 
And they appear to be on the Enterprise, or at least on some sort of space station or something like that, because they're in orbit of Yeah, I Mars. believe it's the, Inter- it's the Enterprise. Like, it starts out zooming in from space into the the windows, and it's a very beautifully shot scene. Rendered. Um, obviously, it's rendered in digital and CGI, but it's very beautiful. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you have a android who has put on a little bit of weight, <laughs> which you have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was, it was good to see, um, familiar face on the new show other than Picard, um, which, which was fun. You'll see in future episodes as well Mm -hmm. of other characters. Um, and and they're playing poker and (laughs) just the banter between them was really, really cool. And he was, Picard was talking about the tell that dad has is not, is that he doesn't have a tell. Right. And he tries to simulate a tell when he's actually like you know what i'm saying like when he's that's his bluff so and then uh, there's some stalling and data says you know why are you stalling and picard's like because i don't want this game to end (laughs) just like Um, that yeah and you're like oh man that's like that's pretty sad because like just in the overall not even just like the franchise thing like he's just getting older and then you start thinking about mortality and then i got real sad yeah um and then Data reveals his hand, and it's five Queen of Hearts, so something's going on. Yep. Um, and then Picard wakes up on his winery and Well, so France. after Data reveals his cards, there's like a rumbling on Mars, and Picard looks out the window and sees that Mars is like exploding. It's going supernova, and he looks back, and Data is gone, and then there's a flash of light, and he wakes up. Safe and sound, right. and, then- and good old 1985. <laughs> and we have uh, Not number really. one, his dog. Yeah. No. His dog is number one. He's, he's just living his life, making some wine, dude. You know what yeah. I mean? Chateau just like Picard. Francis Ford Coppola. Um, and then we get into the Boston scene that you were talking about yeah. with um, Dodge. Yeah, so we explained that uh, Dodge escapes. Um, she's on the run for most of this episode. Um, we go back to Picard, who is preparing to be interviewed for the first time in, in a long time. Um, he's got a couple that sort of run his household. Um, they appear to be Romulan to me, if I'm guessing correct. My yes. first thought was Vulcan, but just based on the appearance of the ears and the eyebrows, they're a little bit more built up, which to me says Romulan. Um, and so anyways, Picard is nervous about this interview. Um, it's to commemorate work that he's doing some charitable work i forget the details but he's like uh you made sure that the she's not gonna ask about the um the romulan supernova right and they're like oh yeah she's not gonna ask you about that and then guess what in a classic example of gotcha media fake news she sidelines picard in the interview asking about his questionable decision making in regards to rescuing rescuing romulan citizens from a supernova um basically like so this is where i have a little bit of an issue with this episode's plot because i'm not sure like obviously i still understand what's going on but contextually i'm not sure if this rescue of the romulans was something that happened in next generation or if they're purposely leaving it out as something that happened in the subsequent years are you sure about that i i believe I'm not positive, and without having looked it up at all, I'm pretty sure that it happens in between. 
Okay. So from the last time we've seen him to now, it happened somewhere along there because he's already an admiral um, and he was tr- trying to um, plan a rescue mission um, to rescue Romulans, which were historically uh, Starfleet's enemies from uh, a supernova. So he's trying to save as many Romulan citizens right. as he could. And then something went wrong and a group of rogue synthetics like Data attacked the rescue fleet and uh, basically what seems like happened is like Starfleet freaked out and like wanted to withdraw from like everything. Like we're going to give up on this rescue mission. We're not going to make um, synthetics anymore. Like they just sort of doubled down on like the fear that was already happening because of the situation. And um, Picard was like, hey, this very much seemed like an allegory for like the U.S. involvement in the Middle East. Picard was like, hey, for sure, we just opened this big ass can of worms. We can't just like leave without an exit strategy. And that's what Starfleet wanted to do. So Picard resigned in protest. Is that what you got out of this? Yes. Whoa. Things are falling. <clears throat> Whoa. Sorry. Oh. Um, Whoa. Dan's having a, a problem where <laughs> he is. Yeah, it's okay. Just some pictures were falling because it's. So yeah, I mean, it's it's it was very info dumpy. Yeah, but I think you needed that because if you didn't have that, it would just be a slog, and I don't know if you'd be able to find all of that out in time for, you know, everything else that's coming. So I think it was necessary the way they did it. They did it in a cool way. Um, with the news interviewing him and like people know who he is you mm-hmm. know he might not be a celebrity but he's definitely a political figure yeah. that people know his name yeah and also like with a lesser actor this could have been boring or like trite but um he's so engaging why am i forgetting his name patrick stewart is so engaging <laughs> that you're you're just like sucked into this performance like you could see well, even every emotion even the play directing off his face. they like they they focus on his hand and his fingers kind of like clenching and fidgeting. He's he's uncomfortable talking about it. Yeah. It's something that haunts him. And you can pick up on that mm-hmm. from the way that the, uh, they direct it and present it to the viewer. Yeah. So, Jeff, I believe after this, like Picard ends the interview and he's upset and everything like that. And then the next thing we see, I think, is the next day. Picard's like out on his deck enjoying his his Earl Grey and off in the distance of his property, he sees a young woman approaching, like, with her hood up. And she comes to him and basically says, like, she has nowhere else to go. She's on the run. And for some reason, something inside her is telling her to find Jean-Luc Picard and that he can help keep yeah. her safe. And this woman is Dodge. She's, she's, yeah, Dodge saw Jean-Luc in her mind. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so went to him. As you do. Which is cool. It happens in Star Trek. Yeah, it happens in real um, life too. I see strangers in my mind all the time. I'm just too busy to oh, go. You meet should them. go find them. Nah, who's got time <laughs> just for that? Find out who their names are. Yeah, um, and then just go find them because they're meant to be. Jeff, um, when, yeah, but when she introduced yeah. herself as Dodge, all I could think of was Stan Darsh. Come on, yeah, Darsh. me too. I was. That's all I thought of too. I just kept saying <laughs> Dodge. Come on, Dodge. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so they don't really know what's going on. They team up, and you're like, okay. We're getting, we're getting to the bottom of this. Together. We are getting to the bottom of it. And, you know, we can skip forward just a little bit. I don't know how much. Well, there's another is. dream sequence that I think is important, not not for the detail of it, but basically it's uh, Jean-Luc Picard um, walking up to Data, who is, like, in a field painting. And um, yeah. 
he's like he asks Jean-Luc Picard to finish the painting and and Picard's like no like I don't I don't know how to do that and then Picard wakes up and he like goes out to his like living room area and that very painting is hanging on the wall and the face of the painting it's Stan Dodge right well isn't it the one that's hanging in his home her face is covered it's obscured by a hood right I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so he's like, I need to go back to my archives because there's a sister painting. So he goes to Starfleet, whatever, whatever they're calling it, which is like the Starfleet Museum or Archive or whatever. And uh, he goes in there and he finds the painting, the sister painting, and he asks the program or whatever she is what the painting is yeah, called. that's pretty cool yeah i like the way they did that yeah she's like a holographic guide and she's like the painting is called daughter and he meets back up with dodge who had left his home because she didn't didn't want to get him killed and jean-luc picard and it's basically another info dump yep but like again done in the cool conversation like hey listen you're the daughter of uh a robot a synthetic so yeah. <laughs> So how does that make you feel? And she's like, no, I have these memories of my dad. And he's like, and those are your memories. Nobody can take those from you. But they're also fake. Yeah. Yeah. It reminded me like, okay, this is a deep pull from a way less good piece of media, but totally reminded me of the Sylvester Stallone Judge Dredd where he had like a fake life and family. (laughs) And then he had like one family photo and they're like, bro, this is Photoshop. Like this is you in a lab. But uh, yeah, that's pretty funny. So yeah, but like imagine, imagine your lover gets killed. You have a dream of an old man. You meet him, and then the old man is like, "You're actually a robot, a robot." I'd daughter. be like, "Okay, okay, bye. I'm I'm going to In and Out to get a burger." Right? Bye. You'd be like, "Sure." I just talked to my friggin' mom a few minutes ago. <laughs> um, Are you going to say my mom's a friggin' liar? Yeah. <laughs> so. They're like figuring this all out, and guess what, Jeff? More assassins show up. Total bummer. Oh no! It was a pretty cool fight scene. Dodge is like jumping twenty stories tall, and you're like, "Oh wow, she is a robot." And so then, glad that they were realistic, and they were like, "Hey, Jean-Luc Picard, great leader, historic captain, but probably not a great fighter at 81. So you just like hide behind this thing, and I'll go fight these guys." I was like, thank God we didn't have to see poor Patrick Stewart try to throw a punch. It was bad enough that we got a body double running upstairs that was clearly not. It's not like they're pretending that he's in his prime. Like he's he's a retired admiral that lives on a chateau. Yeah. Um, And, you know, they even say like, I haven't seen Dada in 20 years. Yeah. Um, So uh, what, what did you think about how this fight scene ended 33 minutes into the episode, Dan? Very shocking. It appears by all accounts that Dodge is dead. Oh, Dodge is 100% dead. Yeah. So that was like dead, dead shocking. That was a, uh, that was a real Ned Stark moment. Spoilers for the first episode of game of Thrones. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's like the eighth episode or something, but yeah. Yeah. No, it's like, okay, this is what the show is. It's Dodge and Picard trying to figure out this mystery. It's detective Picard. And then Dodge is dead. But I mean, they set up hints. There oh, was yes. a sister painting. Oh yeah. There was the necklace. Oh yeah. So Dodge is dead, but the actor, Issa, whatever her name is, 
is back. It's still on the show. Because we get She's back, baby. <laughs> we get a moment where Picard meets with uh, what is kind of like the head of the new synthetic program, which for all intents and purposes is theoretical. They're not building synthetics anymore. Yeah. But she's Dr. like. Dr. Agnes. Yeah. Girardi. And she's like, hey, my mentor was working with data to try to figure out if there was a possible way to do what they call fractal neuronic cloning, which results in twin androids with organic bodies. I am reading that off Wikipedia because it's kind of confusing. <laughs> but basically, they were going to take like data's uh, essence, whatever it is that makes him data, his programming, his, you know, whatever. And they were going to put it into two organic bodies. And what a convenient way to symbolize that than a beautiful necklace with two interlocking hoops. So as Jeff referred to, Dodge has a twin sister who we meet at the end of the episode in a shocking yes. turn of events. She appears Soji. to be working on a Borg cube. Yeah, so it is, the screen says, like, um, Romulan relocation or something. Like, it, it's the Romulan community, because, like, their planet was uh, Romulus, I believe. Yeah. Was engulfed by a supernova, and the surviving Romulans They're refugees. have this base. Yeah, and uh, Soji is there. She does not appear Romulan. Um, but there are other Romulan characters that we see and there's a very long zoom out and you see that it is a Borg cube that they have commandeered and it appears um, they were doing this, some work on it. Yeah. So this is where my knowledge, I like, I don't know. I know about the Borg. I know it was in a movie and I mean a TV show too, but like, I don't know where we left off with the Borg. Right. Like, same. was this the Borg ship that like we know about? Yeah. Um, but it was still cool. Cause like, I still know what it is. You're like, Oh, um, that's the thing. My, yeah, that's it's a square thing that wouldn't happen in space. Are we going to see the hot lady Borg with the tubes? Oh, I can't say. <laughs> cool. So, yeah, that yeah, was a big, so, big reveal. Even for casual fans like me, I'm like, oh, I get that. This is a big deal. This right. Is, so, you know, this arguably Picard's this greatest a lot. Yeah. Arguably his greatest foe were the Borg. Like, oh, absolutely. They keep coming up throughout the tenure of his career and uh Probably not going to be too happy when he goes to find, uh, what's her name? Uh, Soji? Soji. Well, Dodge. She doesn't know the twin sister's name. But yeah, so this episode sets everything up. I did want to give you another one because you start to meet like the crew he's putting together. Yeah. Um, but I think that this is enough to like, if you're interested, you'll be talked into it. And if you don't care now, you're not going to care in another episode. Yeah. Um, so any overall thoughts? Yeah, overall thoughts. Um. I think they did a really good job making it, uh, how can I say, like an easy entry point for casual fans. I did not feel like confused at all, um, whereas like with Discovery or um, Strange New Worlds, there's moments where you kind of feel like if you're not watching the other things, you might be missing out. I didn't really feel like that. Like I said, the one question I had was about the Romulan supernova, but again, contextually, there's enough there that you're in on it. And uh, so I thought that was really good. Um, Patrick Stewart's performance is like, you know, he's an incredible actor. How much can you say about him? But like he so embodies this role. He's so believable as like this level headed, thought out, like professorial role um, that's so juxtaposed to like the Captain Kirk. I love that Gene Roddenberry followed up Captain Kirk with Jean-Luc Picard. It's like this is 
this is the nerd captain, but he's he's probably the guy you actually want at the helm. And uh, oh yeah, for sure. Seeing like Patrick Stewart portray him now as retired and like slightly, you know, he's he's had to retreat as much as this lifestyle is like an, a a restful uh, retirement. It's also sort of a defeat. He had to like slink away with his tail between his legs because he stood up to Starfleet and Starfleet ignored him. They went the other direction. So he's definitely a man who seems to be past his prime. Um, but yeah. yeah, there's definitely some more standing up to Starfleet in the next episode and there's some F bombs dropped and you're wow. like, my good Lord, that's naughty. But yeah, I mean, I'm here for it. Like I, like I said to you earlier, this is like De- detective Picard. Um, He's never been a big action star, so I don't think it's a huge departure in his character. I want to see him solve this mystery. I want to see more data. I want to see, you know. Okay, so I guess I do. I even have to ask you the question, or do I know your answer already? I didn't say the bad stuff yet. Oh, okay. What, what's the bad stuff? No, nah, there's really no bad stuff. You talked me into it. Okay. <laughs> oh, I didn't get to ask the question. That's just like. I don't want to make that analogy anymore. Never mind. Um, okay. Yeah. Great. You were talked into it. Yeah. It was Very really good. Cool. Honestly. So here's my thing. Like we've talked about strange new worlds. Um, I told you that I feel like in order to watch that, I want to watch a little bit more of um, discovery till I get to like the introduction mm-hmm. of that strange new worlds crew. But with this, I feel like I could just keep going with this um, now. Yeah. In saying that, I'm a very busy person, and who knows when I'll have a chance to watch it. But I feel like it's I could, only ten episodes a season. Yeah, I feel it's like pretty, I could jump in, consume, watch another episode, and uh, enjoy it. Kind of reminds that's me, exciting to hear. Kind of reminds me of what Star Wars is doing with Obi Wan, which is that like, hey, if you're a big fan, you're gonna like this. But even if you're a casual viewer, you you get enough. You're like, oh, this is a guy. Oh, I don't. <laughs> I, I disagree with this conversation, but that could be another episode. Maybe we can do a talking shit about that. Sure. But anyways, all I'm saying is the older guy down on his luck genre, I'm here for it. <laughs> well, you're going to hate next episode because next episode we are ending our Star Trek series and we are going to be talking about the Kelvin timeline. Oh, no. Uh, the movies from 2009 to 2016, which I know that we're all fans of. You sure about the uh, order on this, on this Jeff? Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Well, you can cut this. I thought you wanted the Kelvin ones to come out first for some reason. No, I I told you whatever one we record first, I'm doing first because I have to edit it. Okay. So, so splice me in here. Yeah. I love the, (laughs) I'm leaving it. I love the JJ Abrams, Kelvin movies. Like they're exciting. A lot of hardcore Trek fans were like, this isn't my star Trek. This is star Wars. But I'm like, who cares? It's space. It's fun. Let's do it. (laughs) Yeah. And I, R2-D2 is in it for one frame. So, yeah, yeah, you're not wrong. It is Star Wars. Yes, it's all, it's all the same wrecked. thing. <laughs> all right. So, until next week, if you want to listen to old episodes of ours, Dan, where can people do that? Well, we're on all the major podcast uh, applications. We're on Spotify. We are on iTunes or what they call it now, podcasts. We're on everything. Leave us a... Re- Apple Podcasts. Yeah, leave us a rating. Leave us a review. We'll read it on the air if it's five stars. Also, uh, the best way is to join our Patreon because you're going to get access to all of our episodes. You're also going to get access to exclusive episodes called Talking Shit, and you're going to get early access to all of our videos. So for five bucks a month, that's a lot of talk me into. 
Otherwise, find us on the socials at TalkMeInto on Twitter, at TalkMeIntoPod on Instagram, and at TalkMeInto on TikTok. And email us at TalkMeInto at gmail.com. Jeff, where, pe- where can people find you <laughs> personally? Where people find me, they can on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. That's Jeff with five Fs, the number 27. Dan, where can people find you personally online? You can find me on Twitter at Danny underscore breakdown. And you can find Jimmy, even though he's not here because he's probably doing something lame like hanging out with his partner. Um, Yeah, you friggin' loser. He's on all social media and YouTube as Son of a Fitch. That's S-O-N-N-A. Wait. S-O-N-N-A-V-A-F-I-T-C-H. There's a rhythm to that one. And if I don't get it, I'm going to screw it up. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into. What will we talk you into next? Zachary Quinto. (laughs) I like it. (laughs) Siler, dude. Dude, he's scary. (laughs) Yo, he was until he wasn't. That show was poorly written. Okay, I am now recording. Let me know when you're recording. We'll count down. I am recording. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> All right. Did you clap? Because I didn't hear yours. I did Just... clap. All right. Discord clips it out. Yeah, it's a nice spike. Nice spike, bro. What are we volleying some balls around in a sand pit? Yeah, it's that really homoerotic scene from Top Gun. I've never seen Top Gun, and I have no interest to. And I believe that everybody saying that the new Top Gun is good is a liar. I have um, nothing to base that on except for my own personal prejudice against Tom Cruise. Yeah, the, t- the new Top Gun is good. You saw it? Yeah. No, honestly, like, if I had not seen the first one, like, don't. Like, I, I'm not encouraging you to see it. It's, like, 100% like warmongering propaganda, but it's also really cool action sequences of jets flying near each other. Cool. So, yeah. <laughs> well, look at you, little movie past 2022. Let's let's go. I'll start this. Okay. <laughs>